Fifty years ago, people gathered in a small park in Carbondale, Colorado to celebrate art, music, and community. That gathering became the Carbondale Mountain Fair. Hear the voices, stories, and sounds as we take you on a journey of 50 years of the fair. Mountain fair goers call them fair moments. They are golden. They are remembered and treasured and passed along in stories, parent to child, family to family, friend to friend. They are the foundation of community, and they are its hallowed moments. They are the reason that so many give so much in order to have fun on the last full weekend of every July in Carbondale. They are the moments that make us human, make us laugh and cry, dance with wild abandon, or seek a quiet moment in the shade to watch the parade go by. They inspire us to give thanks and to receive them. They are the times where you realize that it just doesn't get any better than this. Here are a few random and golden moments. Did you have a fair moment? I had a fair moment when I was dancing with my mom and, oh. and the five-year-old. Oh. A 76-year-old and a five-year-old front and center at the same time. Yeah. Did you did yeah. you see the nine, the eighty-nine-year-old and the ninety-year-old no. dancing together? No. Oh, they were so they incredible! Were, well, Amazing. Was they, could, they could barely shuffle, but they were out there and they were doing it. And they, they were, were so. Were they, they dancing to Natalie Spears? No, so that no. was Sunday no. afternoon. I think it was Jackson Emmer. Yeah, I think okay. it was Jackson Emmer. Oh. Yeah, but I'll show you pictures, okay. and oh. they'll be up on the Mountain Fair website. Oh eventually Good. so they cool. were so cute and you could tell they loved each other yeah Aww. you know yeah. They, they, yeah it was just it was that was a fair moment right it was there. that was a fair moment yeah yep definitely every year i can't believe how fast it goes and sunday afternoon evening dancing it's been you know more often than not it's been a hot day and we've gotten wet and the sun starts to set and that just there's something about that, you know, the golden hour when you're dancing with your friends and your community in front of Mountain Fair stage and you look over and Mount Sopris is right there and there's a pink hue in the sky and it, it feels like you're tripping, but you're not. It's so amazing. And I just, I think everybody should experience this at least once in life. It's so oh, incredible. Yeah. And sometimes maybe only once in 10 years, there's a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're rocking out to Led Zeppelin in your hometown with Mount Sopris right there. Your mom's next to you. Your community, people you've known your whole life are there. You look across the crowd and there's Drew and there's Amy and Mark Taylor. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Such a, such a gift, such a special thing. Yeah. It never gets old. Never. Every Sunday evening, every year I go, I can't believe how lucky I am to get to do this. The other thing I have every fair is this, um, I have a fair moment. I, it's happened like since I was a kid where you're enjoying the fair all weekend long. And there's one time when, I don't know, it's just very emotional and just hits you. And it truly is a fair moment. I even had it last year at that. And it was such a strange fair, obviously with COVID and it was, you know, I'm riding my bike and I'm following the van truck and there's the, the rainbow. And I had a fair, had the fair moment and I couldn't believe it even during COVID. And I have that moment every fair and have it since I was 
like seven, I think is yeah. the first time I felt it. Yeah. That big, like awesome. I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure you guys have it, right? <laughs> Same. Yeah, it's something almost spiritual. Um, and that's carried carried through the years. Um, and, you know, our ch the children that we raised, they still come back to the, a lot of them still come back to the fair because they loved it so much in their, in their childhood and teenage years. Um, and they're the people now who are putting it on, and that's great. So, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because there's always one moment that I kind of come back to, and it's kind of a Zen moment that always just kind of really stands out. And I can't remember if it was that first summer I was here or maybe the second, but it, uh, you know, it was a rather wet, cool Sunday night. Um, pretty much everyone had bagged it by that point, but uh, I was I was standing under the shelter uh, listening to the last band for the night. And as many of you know, I'm a huge deadhead. And so when the band started playing Know You Rider and they got to that line, Wish I was a northbound train. I'll shine my light through the cool Colorado rain. Oh, man, that was pretty special. And um, I just, you know, I was standing there. It was just pouring down rain. And I just knew I wasn't going to go anywhere soon. And I was Carbondale for life. So that was, that was pretty special. One of my very favorite memories is, uh, I think it was the 8th Annual Mountain Fair. A bunch of crazy people and myself decided to have a um, small stage, the children's part of the park, although it wasn't the children's part then, and we called it the Oasis. And we staged Dr. Limbaugh's incredible mountain fair elixir of life, uh, kind of an old-fashioned sort of uh, traveling, hawking, uh, this magic elixir. This miracle elixir would cure you of anything. It would make ugly women pretty, uh, a grown man weep. I mean, you name it, it could do it. And we had one testimonial from um, a group of wild jungle women from Borneo. So uh, they were, you know, they were frothing at the mouth and screaming and rolling their eyes back in their heads. And uh, Dr. Limbo put in a bottle of uh, Dr. Limbo's Elixir of Life. And the girls began to smile. And one of them got so excited that her top fell off. It was totally unplanned. And, of course... We were all delighted. Uh, I, I, was the, I was the guy with the life preserver around my waist, kind of like a skirt. I had a snorkel stuck out of it. Um, as, as, a, as a friend of a friend told me, uh, Jim Callahan came up to him and said, I, I love that guy who does the wood splitting contest. He, you should have seen him this year. He was wearing a, a snorkel as a ding-dong innuendo. <laughs> so ding dong innuendo is is really the thing we've caught on from that from that story but flippers and goggles and uh we must have been trying to be at, at the beach that year so <laughs> you know the fair after the fair it's always interesting late at night and uh we had one particular evening where we called ourselves the sticky hippie ball and it was myself and kevin lundy and Katrina Byers and Patty and Aiden, our parking, one of our parking goddesses, and somehow along the way we collected Jeff Dickinson and a couple other people, 
And we just wandered around town. We went to the launch pad and they had just put a bunch of fun public art. There was one that looked like a nest. And we all decided to climb in the nest and we had a great time and we ran around the park and we thought we had been on this grand adventure for hours and hours and that we had traveled miles and miles. But really, we just went from the park to the launch pad back to the park. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite parts about Mountain Fair. A uh, favorite memory was watching Dean Harding in the 80s and 90s. He was a tall, skinny fellow, and he would dance day and night during Mountain Fair in his own world by himself. And all he wore were a pair of shorts and barely. And my husband and I would always watch him and, and hope and pray that those shorts would stay up. And, and he just danced and danced. We have been coming to Mount Fair since we were very young. Basically 23 years, even though, well, 22 years, I guess, yeah. um, since we were like one. <laughs> Um, and we were just remembering, we were talking to her mom, and we were remembering that um, when we were like six years old, would have been like 2004, um, we thought it would be really fun to be a Mountain Fair vendor. So we went around the park over in the oasis on those rocks over there, and we found whatever we could find off the ground, we would find like... Including like pencils twigs, dandelions, balls of fuzz, um, paper clips, and we tried to make like necklaces or bundles and stuff, um, whatever we could, and we thought it would be really fun to sell them. <laughs> we would be, we'd be sit over there and we'd be like, hey, dandelion necklaces, 50 cents, and people would come up and you know they're like oh look at these cute little kids they're so funny we'll give them a buck and uh, people would be like here's five dollars and then we'd be like oh well for five dollars you can get whatever you want and they're like oh no just keep it <laughs> oh, wow. and, and during those mountain fair days there wasn't any um, restrictions into the oasis so it was just free flowing so we would just sit on the rock we had all of our little trinkets that we made from scraps. I think yeah. we even had a beer bottle at yeah. one point or something and we put a dandelion in it. Yeah, a but we would, yeah, we'd sell them for like 25 cents to 50 cents. But at the end of the day, we made close to like $15 and I think we bought either lemonade or ice cream like at but we yeah. We were so excited though, and of course we were like six. We didn't know, you know, about like, oh, you have to have a permit for that. We didn't know, and everybody just, I mean, from our perspective, thought it was really cute. So we were like, oh, we can just make money. We'll keep doing this, and then we were spending money. But yep. and then eventually somebody, we can't remember who, but somebody was like, um, you guys might need to get a license for this since you're actually making some money off of this. So uh -huh. we didn't do it the years following, but that was definitely one of our best memories at Mountain yeah. Fair, and like. We've, we've been friends basically since we were born, so. Yeah, I was just thinking about the time when uh, it hailed so hard that a bunch of little hail balls accumulated um, by all the booths and people had run under for shelter and emerging um, commenced a snowball fight in late July. And that was sure a lot of fun. Oh, and who can forget? the March 4th marching band double rainbow finale. I think that was 2018. Brilliant. And I remember my first year on the green team, I think it was 2007. And I was in uh, on Saturday morning for the Friday night recovery. And I came in early and I'm walking over by the dumpsters and I hear this noise and one of the dumpsters, what? 
So I go over there and I look, and in the dumpster is Jason White sorting out the undesirables. And uh, I thought that was pretty wild. And uh, the next morning, Sunday, I come in early to do the same thing. More noise in the dumpster. Turns out to be Mark Weinhold in there doing a doing a sort. Was was pretty fun. Pure dedication. Peggy DeVilbis bringing me a pug dog that was lost in the park. And she just put that pug dog down on the counter at the information booth. And she said, here, cat. And I said, well, Peggy, what am I supposed to do with this dog? And she says, well, I don't know. You're the information booth, so you figure it out. And she just left this dog sitting there. And the pug dog had those big, big, big eyes and his squishy face. And at one point, I, I thought, you know, things are weird enough around here that this pug dog might start talking to me. And I'm not sure what's going to happen there. So I decided that I needed to find someone to help this pug dog find his home. And my dear friend, Cammie Britt, walked by. And I said, hey, Cammie. And she said, what? And I said, this dog needs to find its owner. And she said, Roger that. And she took that dog and off she went. But I do want to say one thing about that dog show, Amy. Um, I loved it so much because there was a pretty big audience there. And almost the entire time, there was a smile on everyone's face because in the Worstminster Dog Show, the worst in show is the overall winner, and the best in show is the runner-up. So just watching some of those dogs, you know, goof or not do something or do something really well just made everybody smile and laugh, and they had a great time. And, you know, the good thing is dogs don't normally get to participate in mountain fairs. Exactly. There were some good-dressed dogs and good dressed people that yes there yeah. were there was little red riding hood with her wolfhound <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm gonna send yeah. you guys and, i mean honestly lisa's dog that that was it a bulldog yes lily the bulldog yep so hard yeah that was so they that, were dressed alike the first year there i was in charge of the peace patrol you know, and uh, I had kind of long hair and kind of a long beard, and I was wearing tie-dye, and I had two radios on. And back then, we had an open container. We didn't have an open container law, so there was thousands of beer cans. So I'm out doing this Peace Patrol thing, and I, what we had did was if someone walked into the park with a bottle of beer, that we would say, sorry, let me get you a cup. And we'd pour the beer in the cup and then give them the cup and take the bottle. And I ran out of cups. It was such a popular thing. And so I said, you stay right here. I'll be right back. And I went to get some cups. There was a guy that was at one of the entrances. And I came back here. My face is painted. I got long hair and a beard and I'm in tie-dye. And there's two cops, one from Silt and one from Newcastle, young guys. And they got the beer bottle in their hand. And they're looking at the guy with that police look. And I walk up. <laughs> I may have been under the influence. I'm not sure. Um, I walk up, 
And I grabbed the bottle of beer from the cop, and I poured it in a cup, and I handed it to the guy. I said, here you go, thanks. And I looked at the cops and said, I got this. And they looked at me, and they said, wait a minute. And I said, wait a minute. And I got on the, I had two radios, one to the police patrol, one to the cops. I went, Fred, you around? And he goes, yeah. I said, can you come over here? <laughs> and he came over, and here comes the chief, you know. And I said, uh, okay, chief, would you explain to these guys? I said, because I told them I was a boss. And they looked at me and said, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I am. And Fred looked at him and said, he's the boss. <laughs> My very first year that I lived here, I was working for one winter at Aspen Valley Hospital. And one of my co-workers said, oh, come down to Mountain Fair in Carbondale. So that was the summer of 88. And I'm crossing the street and my co-worker says, oh, I want to introduce you to my roommate. He's kind of granola like you. <laughs> and I go, okay. So we were introduced and it was love at first sight, or perhaps it was Mountain Fair love at first sight. And, um, and we danced, and we had fun, and we hung out, and that's how my, before I even stepped into the park, I had my mountain fair experience. 1999, I first met her in the margarita line over here at Mountain Fair and asked her to dance. It was, uh, happened to be Saturday night, and it was her birthday. We met in the margarita line, I asked her to dance, and um, so then we started dating. And then four years later in 2003, I proposed to her. It was a storming, everybody was under the, in the beer tent, because it was storming and raining. And she says, oh, I wanna go, I wanna go. It's, t it's crowded in here and it's gonna keep raining. I said, but I had planned to propose to her on the dance floor, so I said, well, we got to go out to the dance floor. And she goes, it's raining. <laughs> and so we, I, she went out on the dance floor. I got on one knee. We were the only ones out there. And I proposed to her at Mountain Fair. In the rain. In the rain. And then um, in, we got married in 2005. So my father-in-law, Graydon, had spread out a blanket, and um, I was with my sister-in-law, Heather, who we were friends before I ever met her brother, which is now my husband. So she and I were, like, hanging out when we were young, and so she was here with her husband and her two kids, and I was here with my two kids. We were all spread out there, and their son was 12 at the time. I, d I don't know why I remember that. And... Um, their hus her husband, we all had beers in our hand, and we were all like, you know what, look at the sun. We're in the middle of the mountains. We're listening to music with our kids, and everybody is together. This is life. And that's, we said it, and we cheered each other. It was fabulous. It was just a moment that I'll never forget. Way back when, uh, when I was the news director at KDNK, 20 or 21 years ago, yikes, an electric fireball shot around the edges of the park on opening night, a power surge of some kind. That was wild. Also, you can always count on a summer rainstorm in Mountain Fair, and one year, or several probably, when I was working in one booth or another, the heavens would open up and we'd get drenched. It was fun and funny and led to always bringing a change of clothes to the fair. 
Finally, for many years, I have held the coveted position of cake judge, dressing in costume, drinking champagne, and tasting some darn good cakes and some that weren't so good. I made lasting friendships under the cake judging tent. Oh, dear, I may cry. The fair, this community, is like that. One big hug. <clears throat> there was a Friday night when we were um, all set up and getting things rolling, and we had the music, and the bands were there, and the park was all together, and the beer was flowing at the beer at the I think I think it was still just the KDNK beer tent back then. There was uh, the tra- transformer blew up uh, right across the street from the park, and it was the most amazing purple flash explosion that ran up the power line, and that was it. We had no power. There was no power to the park. And it was probably my favorite Friday night because everybody just stood around and talked and told stories and people just played acoustic music, you know, play, played acoustically. And uh, it was just, it was just, it was one of my favorite true community events from, from Mountain Fair. And all it took was us turning off the power and celebrating each other just face to face, one on one. Luckily, of course, we didn't need electricity for the beer to flow. But uh, there you go. There you have it. That is Carbondale. The siren sang the last chorus of the It's a Beautiful Day song, White Bird. Bobby Campbell released into the air a live white bird, and the Mountain Fair crowd erupted in an ecstatic roar. Fred would do the fire hose from a ladder between the stage and the info booth. And one of the last fairs was probably three years ago or four years ago. It was right before, the year before he died. And he was up on the ladder, and we'd had a thunderstorm, and he'd been spraying people, you know, and he's got his hat on. And he's up on top of the ladder, and I'm behind him, and over, over Fred, under these white poplars, before the stage, you got this perfect view of Fred standing on the top of the ladder with his arms spread up like this, and this beautiful rainbow is up there above him. The beautiful rainbow's up there. And I thought, man, that's pretty great. Yeah. And it was. It was, that was... If I had a golden moment, that that was one of them, for sure. In 1981, our first fair, we lost our one-year-old daughter in a sea of people for about an hour and a half, ultimately finding her on the playground. We were frantic, but Amber knew right where she was. She was home. The first day we moved to Carbondale, she knew she was home. Okay, so I should kind of take up where I left off before. I was saying, I, I sort of misstated that I sort of get tired of saying it. I don't get tired of saying it. It's just I worry about it sounding trite or repetitive or, you know, maybe insincere when year after year I'm saying, wow, this is just the greatest mountain fair ever. But that's what I keep hearing people saying around me, you know. Mountain fair gets better and better. Amy's saying it from the stage right now. And it, it's true, there is something so magical about the energy of Mountain Fair. There's something so magical about free music of this quality and caliber, of all the kind of art and outpouring of creativity that, that people are able to do through Mountain Fair. It just it brings together communi- the community. It brings together the artists and the creative people. And, you know, it's kind of nice that they're 
you know, isn't a lot of money involved. You don't have to pay money to come into the park. You don't have to pay money to see the music. And it's just all put together in order to raise money, you know, for more arts and for more creativity and for more community in Carbondale. I was about 13 when the first fair took place in Carbondale. And up until then, Carbondale had just been a really quiet um, coal ranching and coal mining town. There were maybe 600 people, and we all knew each other. And then Lori Loeb moved to town, and she was putting on a Chautauqua festival. And nobody was really sure what a Chautauqua festival was, but a few folks were willing to come out and see. And Lori heard that I was an aspiring dancer, and she talked me into performing at her festival. So I convinced my friend Barb to perform a tap dance with me. And we had a portable cassette player, and there was a concrete pad in the middle of the park, which is probably where the shelter is now. And um, a few people sat down to watch. I have one picture, and it shows the back of my sister's head, one other person, and a dog. So at least we had an audience of three. And we might have even performed twice. And then that night, they blocked off Went Street from Euclid and about halfway down the street. And they had a live band. And then all these people showed up to dance. And there were people that you knew, people nobody knew, people from out of town. Um, couples were dancing. Friends were dancing with friends. Friends were dancing with people that they didn't know. Um, it was just this fun, wild crowd dancing um, and it truly was a magical night. And I really had the feeling that night that something in Carbondale changed. It was like um, maybe Lori brought some kind of like fun sprinkled dust and dusted it over the town. But um, it really was a fun night I'll never forget. Let's close off the Carbondale Mountain Fair podcast series with a few thank yous. Thank you again! Good night! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! Nice work, Carbondale. Nice work. <laughs> you guys are tearing it up tonight. It's amazing. You guys are going to go crazy tonight. We're going to run all over town and mulch everyone's garden. We're just going to mulch the shit out of those gardens. We're going to do it. Every last one. I'm serious. It's gonna be crazy. We can snack on some tomatoes. It'll be amazing. You folks are so beautiful. Thank you so much for your love. It means the world to us. I tell you, uh, a lot of musicians, we play shows in bars where there's nobody there and there's maybe a few people there and they'd rather watch TV or whatever. So this means the world to us. I, I mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, folks. We had a great time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carbondale. Thank you all so much for the Elephant Revival from Nettling, Colorado. Thank you so much. We're so grateful to be at the Carbondale Mountain Fair. We love you. Carbondale, you guys got it going on here. You got great scenery, you got great people, 
You got great vibes, and we really love you guys very, very much. It's our pleasure being here with you guys today. We're very, very fortunate to be and blessed to be here with you guys today on this beautiful day. Yeah, Mountain Tear! Cheers, everybody. This, uh, this is so great. Dude, I'm having such a good time. So thanks for being such an awesome audience that's so up close. I feel like so many times you play and, you know, the front row is empty, but the rest of the house is full. People, people are scared, at least where we're from, to sit in the front row or to come up to the stage. But out here in Colorado, you guys are just into it. And it's awesome. I wish you had one of these like three or four times a year. Thank you. We're feeling the love. <laughs> we love you too. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much. We love you guys. I don't want to go home. Fuck this. You know, we've never here. been treated so well in our lives. Thank you very much for everyone here. You guys are awesome. We love you, Carbondale. Oh my God. You guys are awesome. I just can't get over that. I can't stop saying that. There it is, folks. All right. Well, folks, thank you very much. We really uh, we had a great time. Awesome. You're nice folks. You really are. I don't care what they say about you. All nice people and good looking too. I heard you all weren't all that good looking, but you are. You really are. I knew that the people in Carbondale liked the boogie. Come on, who likes I the boogie? It. We came to this thing, we said, oh, we can't wait to come here. All these nice freaky people like to come dance, like to get sweaty. So we are stoked to be here, y'all. Blessed. That's the truth. Thanks a lot, Carbondale. We are the Motet. We love you. I just fell in love right now with all you, everybody here in Carbondale. I just fell in love with everybody here. Carbondale, how you guys feeling? It's such a pleasure for us to be here. It's such a beautiful place, surrounded with such beautiful people. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to play for you folks. You give me faith in the power of music by being here and sharing this experience with us. Thank you. Thank you. You make an old man like me cry. Thank you guys so much. We feel so lucky to be able to call Colorado home. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> you guys are so awesome. This town is awesome. The people in it are awesome. We're so happy to be here. <laughs> Sweet summertime. We're so happy to be here at the Carbonell Mountain Fair. Thank you. We love you guys. Gracias, Viente. Thanks so much for coming out and hanging out with us tonight. This is a great, great party you've got here in a beautiful little town. We'll keep it a secret if you'll keep letting us come back. Yesterday was the 50th uh, drum circle bringing in the 50th mountain fair. And as always, the drum circle is more extraordinary than I imagine. 
and um, there were a couple points there where uh, just the uh, where this emotion about the the movement of time in people's lives kind of overcame me. And uh, there's a sign on the on the stage right now. It says something about. Uh, you know, we've sh shared these blessings for 50 years at Mountain Fair and, you know, let's pray for an another 50 years. And uh, that just cracks me up. As a, as a, as a society and as a civilization, we got to protect what we have and preserve it for the future. And people aren't doing shit sometimes. And people are f messing it up. And uh, so that's what I'm feeling emotional about, I think. On the bright side of things, I was watching the kids dancing, doing cartwheels and such in front of the stage during this band that's on right now, the Josefina, Josefina Mendez band. And I'm remembering when my son River was two years old, maybe three years old, he's 16 now, was running into my arms while the bands were playing on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday mornings at Mountain Fair. And uh, that was just the best. That's all. That's one of the best memories. And may he have it with his children.